Developers say plans for a new Washington brew pub are still on despite some delays. It's going to transform Washington and, and catalyze further development. Find out more about the current status of the development that will transform a corner of Washington's historic square just ahead on All Things Peoria. Good afternoon, I'm Jody Holtz. Coming up, WCBU's Colin Shope checks in with the developers of a Washington brew pub concept for the latest on their timeline. And find out why one Morton book club is revisiting the classics you were forced to read in school. This was kind of a chance to reread the classics and reevaluate now that we have different perspectives as grown adults. Plus, on Out and About, actors with the Chillicothe Players join me to talk about their upcoming production of Romance in D. Those stories, plus local news just ahead. This is WCBU's All Things Peoria on 89.9 FM and WCBU.org. Broadcasting from the campus of Bradley University, this is WCBU's news magazine, All Things Peoria. I'm Jody Holtz. Happy Friday. A major new development on Washington's historic city square may not open on its original schedule, but investors say it's still coming. WCBU's Colin Shope spoke with city officials and developers to find out more about the status of the Brew Pub project. In December of 2021, CL Real Estate Development and local investor Jeff Pohl approached the Washington City Council with a proposition, 10,000 square feet of redevelopment, including dining, a brew pub, and a rooftop beer garden all overlooking the town's main square. City Administrator Jim Snyder says CL has several restaurants across central Illinois. From my perspective, working these type of projects over the years, we have a, uh, a very well-established restaurant uh, entrepreneur. Uh, their operation in Ottawa that I've been to is just a phenomenal restaurant. According to Snyder, supply chain issues and inflation have plagued preparations for the upcoming development. Because of all of the construction costs and everything of that nature, they have not come back to us and asked for any other assistance. The initial agreement estimates a $6.5 million project, but CL Development CEO Nathan Watson says it's safe to assume that number has risen, though he can't provide specifics at this time. We've seen at least a 20% rise in construction cost, and we've seen a doubling in interest rate expenses. These are significant impacts. Um, all I can say is, well, we're going to continue to uh, push through the project and find ways to make it happen. The city also has an investment of around $1 million in the project, paid primarily through TIF funds. Some of the requirements of the funding include demolition on the project starting by March 1st, though Snyder says those dates are flexible. Watson says the company submitted a demolition application in late February, while Poll adds that some preparations have already started inside of the building. We've already begun to remove uh, salvageable equipment, uh, HVAC and um, you know air handling systems and things of that nature that um, you know, we've found other uses for. Even while facing challenges, Watson says the design has stayed largely the same. Amenities touted from the beginning, like a rooftop bar and on-site brewing, are still a part of the project, even as designs are still being finalized ahead of construction. It's all there. We haven't given up on any of that. We haven't purposely shrunk anything. Um, the fact is we've expanded the size of the project and continue to do so. 
um, and investing more money there. For example, Watson explains that up to five short-term rentals will be included on the second floor. Uh, which diversifies the income stream, uh, reduces risk a little bit. Um, and um, we have are also not quite ready to announce it yet, but are expanding the project um, to include some other um, uh, venue uh, options and um, rental spaces, which will help uh, diversify the uh, um the uh, project uh, income stream. Another potential change coming to the project, the name. At the start, Watson says the grist mill was chosen to reflect Washington's history in the agricultural area, as well as the farm-to-foam beer branding of Tangled Roots, the company that will operate the restaurant and bar. Watson says now, between wanting to potentially drop the word grist and feature Tangled Roots branding more prominently, the name may change. We like the name of the mill, um, uh, just being frank and off the cuff, you know, the grist part is something that sometimes as an association, people don't like. So we may just um, jettison the grist and keep the mill, but it's still to be determined. So they're still working on it. One other thing that may need to be adjusted is the opening date. The redevelopment agreement calls for a grand opening by December 1st, 2023. Watson says they just chose their contractor in late 2022, though they're not ready to announce who just yet. With all that in mind, Watson says December of this year is a real challenge. Um, we're definitely going to be uh, well under construction at that point in time, but we'll be have a grand opening at that time. Um, you know, I think we'll we'll probably get back with uh, with the uh, city and with you and let you know when the new date is as soon as we can get a, a firm date on it. Whatever the date of the opening, it will be the culmination of a journey of more than a decade for Pohl. He and his wife Kelly have owned the property for 12 years, weathered the tornado that struck Washington in 2013, and watched multiple business leases come and go. He says the restaurant angle for the property has been a longtime dream of his wife's. I think, you know, the long and the short of it is, is uh, my wife is a visionary. Uh, she has had this vision, honestly, from the moment that we bought it. Uh, she's also very persistent. Uh, and this is, you know, one of my duties is to make sure that uh, I'm, I'm doing what I can to, to help her dreams come true. He also hopes the restaurant could serve as a shot in the arm for existing business and future development in Washington. You know, we, we, we had smaller dreams. The dreams are a lot bigger now, and we, just, we, couldn't, we could not be happier. You know, it's, it's, it's going to transform uh, Washington and, and catalyze further development. Watson says to expect more updates on the contractor, what the building will look like, and the future of the project in the next month. I'm Colin Shope. Another factor in the design and construction of the brew pub is making it fit in without any risks to other historic buildings in the Washington Square. Watson says they're working closely with building owners on either side of the property. The developers will also be meeting with the city to receive a certificate of approval, as well as consulting the Historic Preservation Commission to make sure the business fits in with the aesthetics of the square. You're listening to All Things Peoria. Thanks for choosing WCBU's All Things Peoria. I'm Jody Holtz. 
classic books you may have had to read when you were in high school or college are the focus of a new book club at the Morton Public Library. WCBU correspondent Steve Stein spoke with Shannon Killian, the Morton Public Library's digital services and programming coordinator and the creator of the new required reading book club. Well, we were looking for more options for adults in our community to come in and use the library. And we already have one library-sponsored book club called Books and Bites. Mm -hmm. And I decided I wanted to do something a little bit different. I have a biology degree, so I'm not a literature person. So when I went through school and I read these books, I read them for Mm plots. I read them honestly, to finish them because it was an assignment. And now as an adult, I'm curious about these books that were on required reading lists, these classics, and how I might feel different about them as an adult now that I have some life experience. And I know that there are plenty of people out there who enjoy reading the classics. And Mm -hmm. I think it's always, I always like a book better after I talk to someone about it. Because it's fun to sit and talk about the things you noticed and the characters you liked and the characters you disliked. So this was kind of a chance to reread the classics and reevaluate now that we have different perspective as grown adults. Okay. What, what book did the club members read and discuss on the first night the club met and what were the club members' reactions to it? So the first book we read was January's book. That was Of Mice and Men by John Steinbeck. And I think we all kind of felt sad. It's a sad story. But it was, it gave us lots to discuss. Um, And the interesting thing that we didn't think about when we were younger was the idea of George as Lenny's caregiver and caregiver stress. And that seems to be something that that's that's a pretty hot topic now, as people are caring for their aging. Morton School attacking that now too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've got you know, yeah. parent, your parent, people are taking care of aging parents, and mm-hmm. so you could identify with George and the care, the stress of being Lenny's caregiver. I think it was one. I don't know that it's a book that people liked. Like, oh, I want to read that again. I want to read that again. Yeah. But it gave us things to talk about, gave us perspective. It was interesting. Um, we noticed that Steinbeck never named, there's only one woman right. in the story and she never gets a name. Yeah. So that, that was an interesting. That was something brought up by one of the club members. Mm-hmm. Did you know that before? You read I had, w- w- the first time I read it, I didn't pay attention to that. The, okay. the t- this time as an adult. Yeah. When... Is this the second time you'd read this particular book? Mm-hmm. Okay. And you first time you read it, you didn't realize that, and now or, you did, yeah. Or I didn't pay attention because yeah. I was in high school or college, and there were things that were more important to me than actually you know, sitting and yeah. thinking about Thinking about that, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it went well, you thought? I mean, you thought well, that the, the people... How many were there for the first class? So the first one, I had six people sign up. And right now, we're doing two different times. Okay. I'm doing a one thirty. 
and a 6.30 on the second Tuesday of the month. So have you had Februarys yet? Or yes, no? we just met last night. Oh, oh, okay. And what did they read last night? We Lord of the Flies. Okay. How did that go? That went great. We had so much to talk about with Lord yeah. of the Flies. Did you do two sessions yesterday? Mm-hmm. And how many did you have I, for each I, one? I had two in the afternoon and three in the evening. Two and three. Okay. So eventually we will probably choose a single time, but right now I'm trying okay. to... Give people options. Yeah. How did the Lord of the Flies one go yesterday? Oh, great. I, really? We had, I, I, I loved it. People prepared. People read the book and they went out and did some research about the author okay. and about analyses of it. And one of the really cool things is it was a very influential book to Stephen King. Oh, really? And we, okay. we talked about that for a while. So Stephen King uses the city or town name of Castle Rock. Mm-hmm. And Castle Rock is a place on the island in Lord of the Flies. He ch- oh. took that from Lord of the Flies. Okay. But it, it, <laughs> Lord of the Flies felt was actually very timely, and I didn't necessarily think about it when, mm. when I chose it, because, again, the first time I read it, I was 17 years old. Okay. You were in 1990. High school, probably? <laughs> high school. Mm-hmm. Okay. I still have my original copy from high school, actually. Oh, wow. Okay. My sister read the same copy, and it has both of our notes in the corners. Oh, it's kind of fun. Interesting. Okay. But... Um, when I read it at that point in time, I read more for plot mm-hmm. and, you know, the terror of what was happening to these boys on the island is they just sort of yeah. devolved. But then now we had yesterday, we had a long discussion about leadership styles because you had two different leaders on that island. And then we were able to take it to current politics and you know what's a what's a more effective leader being like ralph or being like Mm. jack who was able to get more done whose priorities were the better priorities i mean so it it really we found that there were parallels to current times even though this book was written what, 70 years ago? Yeah. That was the Morton Public Library's Shannon Killian speaking with Steve Stein about their new required reading book club. This is All Things Peoria. This is 89.9 FM and WCBU.org. You're listening to All Things Peoria. I'm Jody Holtz, and now it's time for this week's episode of Out and About. Actors Tommy Rosecrans and Lindsay Griffith join me in the studio to talk about Chillicothe Player's upcoming production of Romance in D. This romantic comedy follows the lovable but awkward Isabel Fox and Charles Norton, two neighbors who develop a friendship while resisting their meddling parents. Meanwhile, Helen and George, unbeknownst to their kids, happen to start their own romance. The show runs March 16th through the 18th at 7.30 p.m. and March 19th at 2.30 p.m. at the Shore Acres Clubhouse in Chillicothe. Tommy and Lindsay, welcome to Out and About. Thank you. Thank you for having us. So uh, I understand we have a romantic comedy here with just four characters. Tommy, I understand you play the character of Charles. Tell us more about him and just, you know, what's kind of happening in this play. Charles is a musicologist who lives in Chicago, Illinois, and um, he is a bit of a loner. So uh, most of the time he spends his free time in, in his apartment until he gets interrupted by Isabel, his neighbor. 
So at the top of the play, Isabel is going through a really rough period in her life. And I mean, the whole show opens with me sticking my head in the oven in a very, what they call half-baked suicide attempt. And Charles has his music up too loud. It is disturbing my attempt. And I go next door to ask him to turn it down. And he smells gas and eventually just saves the day and saves my life. And I go to thank him, and then relationships and bonds just form from there. While Isabel and Charles are getting to know each other, George Fox and Helen Norton are getting to know each other. Helen is my mother. George is her father. They also kind of just haphazardly uh, just happen to stumble into each other and fall head over heels in love in the most 90s sitcom way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the plot of this show, I guess, specifically is interesting to me because it's also kind of examining what it's like to love at different ages and stages within our lives. So I guess, Lindsay, what sort of differences do you notice in the experience of how Isabel falls in love compared to how her father, George, does? Well, in the show, I have lost my mother. And I think the relationship that George previously had with Isabel's mother has greatly influenced Isabel on some levels. I mean, Isabel even mentions their relationship was a great influence on her, um, that they set a really great example. So seeing um, George have a second chance at love, I think, also helps Isabel see that as well, because... She, the things that she's going through. I mean, she's lost. She's lost somebody that she cares about. She's lost her husband mm-hmm. um, who is having an affair. Talk to me a little bit more about how you guys as actors are sort of walking the line between, you know, comedy and all of these really, like, upbeat, hilarious moments. But then you do have a lot of this, you know, more serious stuff that's, you know, really grounded in reality. And, you know, what I'm sure a lot of people maybe even in the audience have been through. How do you how do you guys, you know, play with that on stage? Well, um, one of the things that we keep in mind as actors is to just make sure that every moment is genuine. Like one of the basic things that you could go back to is how would you react if you were put in the situation and you kind of go from there? And then on top of that layer, you have, okay, but this isn't you exactly. This is someone else. You've done the research on who this person is. How does this person react during this situation? And that happens whether it's a really funny moment or a really serious one. It doesn't matter. Just being honest. Acting is honesty. If you're just joining us, you are listening to Out and About on WCBU, part of the NPR Network. I'm Jody Holtz, and today I'm talking with Tommy Rosecrans and Lindsay Griffith, actors in Chillicothe Players' upcoming production of Romance in D. The show runs March 16th through the 19th at the Shores Acres Clubhouse. Um, in your personal opinion, I guess, Tommy, maybe we'll start with you. What do you think the show is ultimately trying to convey about falling in love? I think that... What it's trying to convey ultimately is that through, ironically, the older couple is that when it happens for the first time, it like is fast and it's it's powerful and it just takes over. And then when ironically with the younger couple, um, love also comes with baggage of the previous relationships and the previous hardships. So there's just that stark difference between like that fresh new love and like just, you know, living life. 
That's that's what I think, though. Yeah. Yeah, Lindsay, what about what about you? On both ends, the parents and uh, Charles and Isabel, that it is okay to try again, and it's okay to let somebody else in. One of my favorite components of this show is there are quite a few moments where a character will say, hold on, or wait, and the opposite character will stop and think, do I make the choice to walk away? And all the time, they they continue to go on in the direction that they're supposed to be heading and make these choices, even though they're difficult ones. I mean, always in these situations, these, they're, they're hard conversations, and not once do these characters just walk away. That was Tommy Rosecrans and Lindsay Griffith, actors in Chillicothe Players' upcoming production of Romance in D. The show runs March 16th through the 18th at 7.30 p.m. and March 19th at 2.30 p.m. at the Shore Acres Clubhouse in Chillicothe. For tickets, visit Chillicotheplayers.org. Tommy and Lindsay, it was great having you on the show today. Thank you. Thank you for having us. And in the studio next week, members of Cornstock Theater's production of She Kills Monsters will join me to talk about the Dungeons and Dragons theme show that bridges the gap between reality and the imaginary game world. I'm looking forward to the conversation and hope you'll join me right here on WCBU and WCBU.org. And while you're out and about this weekend, you can join the Peoria Riverfront Museum on Saturday for a day of jazz. The free family-friendly event from 11 to 6 features movies, tours of exhibitions, and performances that will all pay tribute to jazz. And on Sunday, the Peoria Historical Society will host Bonnets to Bowlers from 1 to 4 p.m. featuring a tour of the Flanagan House with popular hats from the 18th and 19th centuries on display. For more information on these and all other arts events, visit artspartners.net. You've been listening to Out and About, a production of WCBU and Arts Partners of Central Illinois. Each week, Out and About connects you to the arts community by talking to local arts leaders, artists, and performers. And you can hear it every week right here on all things Peoria. Support for arts and culture programming on WCBU comes from PNC Financial Services. We're focusing on giving back as part of an ongoing commitment to the community PNC serves. And that's all for today's episode of All Things Peoria from WCBU, a public service of Bradley University and Illinois State University. I'm Jody Holtz. Thanks for listening today. We had story help today from Colin Shope and Steve Stein. Holden Kellogg produced this episode of All Things Peoria. You can find all of today's stories, as always, at WCBU.org, and you can subscribe to the All Things Peoria podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or the NPR app. And we do want to know what you think of the show. Why don't you let us know by commenting on our Facebook page. We're Peoria Public Radio, or you can give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at WCBU Radio. This is 89.9 FM in WCBU.org. Peoria Public Radio, parts of the NPR network.